What's up, everybody? Welcome to the eighth episode of The Crossroads, celebrating 20 years of the Xbox brand. My name is Ryan Turford, and this is the show where we're counting down the months to the 20-year anniversary of the original Xbox, with 50 of the best games to play on the console for both new and experienced owners. We dive into the brief history of each game, talk what makes them awesome. As always, we'd love your feedback on this and all of our shows over on Twitter at the Xbox Drive, where you can reach out to me directly anytime at Ryan Turford. Now, on this week's episode, we once again return to the world of LucasArts because we didn't really go very far. We talked about Lego Star Wars last week on the show, but I mean, as I talked about on the Lego Star Wars episode, LucasArts was really a big publisher during the original Xbox days. As I mentioned on last episode, they published over 10 games on the console, which is crazy. And it wasn't just Star Wars games or Indiana Jones or Lucas property games like today's game, because today's game is actually an original IP that was published by LucasArts, which is just kind of crazy to think about at the time. So what we got here is Mercenaries Playground of Destruction. Um, this was, again, a new IP from Pandemic Studios, which, again, this is the first time we're getting to talk about Pandemic Studios on the show. Um, we'll, we'll talk about them later on another episode. Um, but they were actually a really cool studio because they um, were formed by uh, former members of Activision, uh, back in the early 2000s um, that had kind of gone off to do their own company. And they had partnered a little bit with Activision on some stuff. Um, they were responsible for games like Full Spectrum Warrior, Destroy All Humans, uh, The Saboteur, which I know is kind of like a cult classic for people, uh, even though that was after their acquisition by EA. Because um, I think in November of 2005, um, they were partnered with BioWare and then BioWare was bought in 2007 and they were acquired along with BioWare, essentially. That's kind of how the, all that worked. Um, but one of the things they were kind of known for is doing games that were a little bit different than your normal game, like games that weren't really afraid to try new things. And Mercenaries is certainly a game that is probably more common with a lot of open world games, because um, there's actually a lot of modern games I could probably compare to Mercenaries. But back when it came out, it was very unique for the time because there wasn't a whole lot of games like this one that were kind of like goofy open world games, um, kind of like your Saints Rose or your Just Cause or something like that. But that like um, all of those kind of borrowed their formula a lot from Mercenaries, which is kind of crazy to think about. So um, especially when you look back on it, it's just interesting to see kind of how history is kind of formed around this game. So um, obviously one of the things, though, that Pandemic was was definitely known for as well is that while all their games weren't like the perfect game, they, they didn't have the most revolutionary graphics or the most revolutionary game design. The one thing that was always core to all their games, whether it was Star Wars Battlefront or, again, Full Spectrum Warrior, was just that they were fun to play. And more than anything, I think Mercenaries exemplifies that to a T. But let's dive into it right now. In Mercenaries, you play as one of three mercenaries who are sent to stop a coup that has taken place in North Korea after the government tried to pave the way towards peace between them and South Korea. During the chaos, the country is infiltrated by the Russian Mafia, South Korea, and China, who all intend on establishing a foothold in the country going forward. It's up to our plucky band of mercs to take out the Deca 52, who are a group of high-value targets in the area, in order to sway the balance of power and allow order to be re-established in the region. While Mercenaries' story sounds kind of far-fetched and out there and kind of goofy, it's not really a huge focus for the game anyways, and it's mostly used as a reason to have you come in and cause mayhem in this game. And, I mean, they, the tagline, Plague Out Round of Destruction, just 
makes so much sense when you think about this game, when you look at the gameplay, um, it's all about blowing stuff up and more just trying to be like, almost like a nineties action movie and less like a serious game. So, I mean, um, the story itself, again, it's just, just like a fighting game story or something like saints row or just cods. It's pretty much just used to get you there in the region and, and give you a reason to blow stuff up essentially. So, um, yeah, it's not terrible. It's got some funny moments actually in the story. Like, um, there's, there's some actually pretty good writing on display here. Um, but it's just not like a huge story based game that is trying to go out of its way to tell you a big story or anything like that. And luckily, I mean, the story doesn't last too long. I mean, you can beat the game in about 10 to 15 hours, I'd say. Um, and again, like it's fine. It's, it's whatever. But again, you're going to mostly play this for the gameplay. Speaking of gameplay segue, Mercenaries is an open world action game that allows you to run around North Korea as you see fit, all while avoiding the game's five warring factions. As a mercenary, you can take on jobs from the four of the five factions, and depending on what missions you take on and your behavior in the open world, this will affect future available missions for each faction. This will also affect the ending of your 15-hour campaign, as only one of the factions can come out on top. You'll play as one of three characters, like I mentioned before, whose story will play out the same way overall, but will have different strengths, weaknesses, and more importantly, language skills, which affects which jobs are available to you, as well as how you can approach each mission. You can use these language skills, for example, to your advantage, as you can blend in with the armies of a specific faction to infiltrate their ranks for more of a stealthy approach, or honestly, you could just go in and blow stuff up. That's, you, that choice is really up to you in this game. Um, again, one of the things I liked about this, again, was it tried to give you a bunch of different ways of approaching a mission and kind of give you outside of the box ways of, of thinking about it from when you pick up the controller at the beginning of the game and your first land in North Korea, um, you're just blending in with the North Korean troops. And as long as you don't do anything funny, um, usually you can just blend in and no one will notice anything, anything different about you versus any of their other soldiers. You can also pick up uniforms along the way um, that will help you like infiltrate bases and stuff like that. It kind of borrows a lot of ideas from something like Hitman almost. Um, with like infiltration. Um, so again, one of the characters that I think it was the female character, she mostly specializes in stealth. Um, and even though she only understands Chinese as a language um, and English, um, she doesn't really, she can really get by with either just sneaking around enemies or again, she can do a pretty good job of blending in with enemies without just having to rely on the language skills versus uh, some of the other characters um, I know one of them is more of a tanky character and the other one is actually just well-versed in explosives and running really fast. So he, he's like more of your running gun character and you've got like a tanky character. So you've got three pretty different characters. They all use kind of the same weaponry. You don't really have like special specified equipment for each character or anything like that. Uh, but just the overall feel of each character is just subtle enough that you notice at least some difference outside of the, the cosmetic difference for the character or as well, just the languages, um, which again will affect kind of what missions you go on. And more than anything, one of the things I like about mercenaries as well, it's just very open. It's very up to the player and kind of up to you as to how you want to approach it and kind of to make your own fun in a lot of ways, um, because you do have a lot of a ton of missions you can pick up. Um, some of them feed into the overall narrative and some of them don't, again, some of them are, are very much just helping out. Like, let's say South Korea, for example, if you want to get on their good side, um, you can do one of their missions that will help your reputation with them, but that might also hurt your reputation with China. And you kind of have to kind of have to balance all of those in this game. Um, or else that reputation, the, the reputation of it goes down too far, that faction will actually become hostile toward you, towards you. And then you, you're kind of 
having a lot of pains kind of navigating the open world or just you, some missions become completely locked to you. So and and that naturally progresses throughout the game. It's basically impossible to finish this game with all the factions liking you. So you kind of like have to make someone mad along the way. And it's kind of your choice as to who you actually decide to do that with, which I think is just really interesting and unique. Again, not a lot of open world games at the time were really doing this. Again, you have to remember this game was only like four or five years after Grand Theft Auto came out or Grand Theft Auto 3 came out, which was kind of like the beginning of the open world action game as a genre. Um, so we hadn't really seen a ton of innovation in this space. Sure, we had open world games that tried new things, but Mercenaries really felt very different from a lot of those other games. And again, it was very ton in cheek. It was very goofy, even with the gameplay. Like again, it feels very arcadey to play. It doesn't, it's not like a cover shooter or anything like that. You're not bogged down or anything like that. And again, the closest comparison I would compare it to with a modern game is something like Just Cause. I think that Just Cause is very much kind of like almost like the spiritual successor in a lot of ways to the Mercenaries series, which Mercenaries did actually get a sequel on the Xbox 360 called uh, Mercenaries 2 um, that you can play there, um, which was not a very good game. Definitely not as good as the first one. Um, but at the same time, it was really interesting to see kind of that idea become less special at the time because we had more games come into that space. We had stuff like Saints Row and um, we had Just Cause and we had other open world games trying that same kind of gimmick. But at the same time, honestly, revisiting Mercenaries, uh, this was actually not a game I was expecting to put on this list. I was expecting when I was revisiting games for the Crossroads, I was expecting that uh, maybe this was a game that maybe didn't age too well or anything like that. But no, surprisingly, the game uh, actually su aged surprisingly well. Um, it also helps, too, that you can play this on current gen consoles. So that is an option to you if you want to do that. Um, obviously, it supports 40p on, on base Xbox if you want to play it there. But uh, it definitely was a game that held up a lot better than I thought it would. And again, I think part of that just has to do with the fact that it's not trying to be super realistic is, um, as I talked about before on the roundabout, when we talked about a lot of um, a lot of those games kind of holding up, whether or not they held up or not, um, a game like this, I think, holds up better because it's not rooted in reality, because games rooted in reality or are too realistic, a lot of times are the ones that age the quickest, I feel, or at least that's just, maybe that's just my personal sensibilities when it comes to games, but Mercenaries is a ton of fun, and uh, I highly recommend you check it out. It definitely holds held up way better than I thought it would. Now, if you're looking to pick up Mercenaries today, it's available digitally on Xbox 360 and Xbox One and Series X. Not only that, it had Series X and One X enhancements, so if you've actually got a One X or a Series X, Definitely play it there. That is definitely the one place I would play this game is on uh, Series X or One X, especially Series X. Like this game infamously had kind of long loan times on the original Xbox, but I mean, they fly by super quick on the Series X. Although obviously there's a little bit of built-in loading into it too. So it couldn't el completely eliminate the load times, but they are still there a little bit. But if you definitely want to play this game though, definitely play it on Series X or One X if you have one. Otherwise, it still plays great even on original Xbox. I mean, I played it there as well. Again, when I was revisiting games for this list, even the ones that I knew were backwards compatible with the, the modern consoles, I wanted to make sure I played them on original Xbox to actually make sure that they actually were, were, were replayable on that console. And this one is definitely replayable on original Xbox as well. So if that's all you got, I mean, that's definitely a great place to play it. But regardless of what console you have, because this was also on PS2 and uh, PC as well. I think it's a great game regardless of where you play it. 
That's all for this episode of The Crossroads. You'd hit me up on Twitter at Ryan Turford. You also find the Pantsman himself on Twitter at Sean Capri or us on Twitter at The Xbox Drive. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of The Crossroads, and we out. Bye. Thank you.